0: Okay. All right. <clears throat> Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Look who it is. Long time no see. <laughs> What? Me? I've I've been around? What do you mean? You've been about,
1: but not in my office, which I don't like.
0: <laughs> well, you know, your office is at home. My office is an office. Your so office is the real office. <laughs> I don't office. know what to tell you. My office is an office office. Like I can meet for an office. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, Reba, I don't know if you're busy today or if you've got anything going on, but you know, I, I record this podcast and it'd be really cool to have you on if you have the time. I'd love to talk about you, life, what you've been up to.
1: I always have time for you in my life, let me tell you that. So
0: oh let's my, do oh it. Let's gosh, get I'm, it cracking. I'm blushing. Okay, let's do it.
1: <laughs> I make you shy. <laughs> yeah.
0: You Okay, I think it I think everything's looking <laughs> good. good. Yeah. Okay, so not Tiger King. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to make you don't want to make documentaries like tiger king really. which to be honest i i enjoyed like yeah. beginning of lockdown that was my oh shit what what are these crazy white people doing sure.
1: some people have to make the tv like that and we all love to watch that tv it just doesn't have to be me <laughs> but stuff like last chance you and cheer and like i don't know if you've ever watched Sunderland till i die
0: no, uh, I haven't actually.
1: It's really good. It just follows like a football team that's about to get like demoted or something. But I like taking a boring topic or something that you think is going to be boring and you follow the people and you're just like, wow, you can kind of relate. You can just relate to everyone in this world,
0: hmm. maybe. <laughs> no, that's kind of nice, actually, because it's interesting how with documentary, sometimes you... Wouldn't think this is the most interesting subject matter, but someone makes like a whole story out of it. Um, What was something I've watched? I can't even think. Like, um, okay, so I'm going to use Tiger King because that's just in my head right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just this idea of like, oh, there's some pet sanctuary slash zoos. One guy got arrested it's not really that interesting and then obviously like people delve in and find the real story um and then it's like oh there's more to it or what was honestly what's the last documentary i watched this is hard for me to think about it must have been something i know it's definitely something to do with probably like it might be something film related with something to do with black people I uh, know, but I know there was the, like there have been a few things on Netflix. Like I really enjoyed like some of that Netflix content. Oh, it was okay. No, it wasn't that. It was um that scam one on BBC Three. So they did like a documentary oh, where they followed um the what's her name? I keep I almost, <laughs> I almost say the influencer, you know Mariam Musa, and I know that's <laughs> the <same> person. <laughs> the British like, no, she's really sweet. She's like this bubbly influencer, no um. Ah, uh, yeah, but you know who I'm talking about? Like, she was involved yeah. in Spack Nation. She like, <laughs> yeah. So I remember watching that a few months ago, and it was like the way that they pieced the stories together, and they brought on the people that um she taken advantage of, and obviously like. They'd like taken like footage of her in this church, but also footage of her when she was on TV and footage of her when she'd like built her own and brands and businesses. It was so interesting to see like the story that they could piece together from all these like elements and pieces of footage. Yeah, for
1: sure. I think when you have access to like being able to cast like all those kind of people that are involved and then being able to get like the archive, like the videos of her in SPAC Nation, when you can put it all together, you just can Paint like the maddest story. (laughs) It's just, it's crazy. That story was (laughs) crazy. That story was crazy. She (laughs) literally, she's actually mad. (laughs) And the the mad thing is though, that that's just like a what, like a, I think it's only 30 minutes, but the amount of people that would have like gone into making it is just, and the amount of time it would have made is just mad. I think that's what you kind of realize when you work in TV. You're like, (laughs) wow, did it take all these people? (laughs) To make 30 minutes of TV.
0: I wanted so much more I was watching that and I was like I need a series because I want and because the amount of emotions I went through in that 30 minutes like at one point I actually was kind of rooting for her and I was like no <laughs> this, this is bad like she's done bad things but a little part of me was kind of idolizing like you were like, the okay. fact that she was- <laughs> like oh she didn't get caught this is like a movie like someone should make this into a movie <laughs> yeah. I was still like sitting there and then they were cut to like the victims and I was like oh yeah no this oh, is a shit. bad person no I should not be, I should not be rooting for her and her crimes. Yeah, no,
1: you've got to watch um, Hi, it's on BBC Three as well. It's, it's
0: you're like the second person who's oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah, if yeah, you, yeah, the
1: one with that Miriam girl that's only one episode, but this is it's different, but it's the same thing. You're like, I can't believe this is happening, and it is like I think it's like six, five or six episodes, so it definitely spans like two or three hours. So you probably get a look like into her life and it's just mad. Like I can't believe that happened.
0: What's that about?
1: It is about this these two girls, one's Scottish and I think one's Irish. And they're just like eighteen and they go to Ibiza for the first time and they get caught up with these kind of like wrong group of guys who basically convince them to smuggle like keys and keys of Coke from like I think from Peru back to Ibiza and obviously as you can imagine they get caught straight away and they end up spending like quite a few years in Peruvian prison and they're just like these young girls but when you watch it because it's told from her her point of view she does the interviews and although you're like you're an idiot you're just looking at her and you're like wow you were 18 like (laughs) you can see how you meet a guy you think he's amazing and you just get caught up in this and you kind of just fuck your life for a really really long time it's mad
0: do you see yourself if you had to like have a documentary made about your life and like this could be based on actual factual stuff that has happened (laughs) to you already or maybe something that you think might happen in the future or something that you would like to happen in the future what would you want like the documentary to focus on like what would be the best thing that a documentary about you could focus on do you think
1: <laughs> i'm trying to think but like i used to have a bit of a mad life and now i've got a pretty boring life. <laughs> what um, do you mean what do you mean i don't know i just was like you know when you grow out of just being mad and you just get like Nine to five, and you love your little boring life. I guess if if it was spanning my whole life, I would hope, I hope that I make a good enough career that someone could flip the camera on me and focus on that. I think. Apart from that, I would say, God, my life is pretty unremarkable. Would say that? No, it's a good life. It's a good life.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm sure there's a lot of like. I mean, to me, you're living a pretty cool life. Like you're working on TV shows, you're helping to create some interesting things. Like you, you have your name in credits, which is, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty cool to me.
1: You know what? As well, when you when you get, <laughs> I guess when you start working, you kind of forget. I went to zoom out and look at your life and be like, oh shit, I'm actually doing <laughs> some pretty cool shit. <laughs> so I guess you kind of forget to do that, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, since I think I traveled loads before and now I've just been maybe it's cuz of covid I'm feeling more like my life is just based in one place. But I think as well in this job I'll be able to like travel a lot more, see a lot of places and that'll definitely give me some kind of interesting stories. Good stories to work with. Is there
0: anywhere is there anywhere you're going to Soon, I am
1: actually yeah, so I I can't talk about the project because it's okay. under NDA, which I Ooh. need to learn to keep my fucking big mouth shut. Because,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> so I, ha- I can't say who the is this is this a show of a celebrity, I can't say who it is, but. I'm hoping to go to some amazing places hopefully in the next two weeks I'm gonna go to Morocco and Turkey which would be amazing and then hopefully at the beginning of next year I'll go to Sweden and Finland so pretty good um and hopefully (laughs) if we get to stay in the same hotel (laughs) as the host that'll be pretty sick but knowing tv if we're the cast we'll probably be in like a ibis <laughs> premiering or some shit
0: okay so this is telling me that this is like a, a person that is like a, a person person uh-huh. like a really exciting person
1: okay <laughs>
0: I can't wait to see what this project is then
1: yeah I don't know when it's probably going to come out like next November or something but I'm going to let you know straight away it is quite exciting actually yeah please oh that's
0: cool I'm happy for you congrats
1: thank you I'm waiting for you to do the same it's in your future
0: oh, that's the plan <laughs> that's, that's the plan <laughs> I mean I mean yeah that's the, oh, honestly that's all I can say that's the plan um
1: soon come I <laughs> think
0: oh, soon come soon come uh oh, soon come in Jesus name I don't know I feel like um I'm definitely at. Uh, you know when people talk about that's sp- that space before you like get to not get to it like I don't I'm trying not to view life as like there's a grand it but obviously there are things I want to do mm-hmm. but like I feel like I'm definitely in that space before getting to at least achieving some of the things I want to be doing and like hitting some of those goals yeah because I mean like a few months i what a year or so ago like even just working in a production company I would have been like that I mean I know I can I know it's possible but I don't even know how I would get about getting into that yeah, or doing that. You
1: literally remind me of myself like a year and a half, 2 oh years ago. <laughs> Cuz I was the same as you in the beginning. I was like how the fuck am I even going to get into a TV company? Like you send your CVs, no one answers. And then you're doing the kind of running and the office stuff and you're looking at everyone else and you're like, "Wait, <laughs> I could do that as well." <laughs> Like, how come you guys are doing what I could do, but you're getting paid double?
0: Yeah, I think mean, they're like, I, I, I also like researching things. Exactly, and, but know, then you know what, as well?
1: Stuff. It happens quickly. Like, then, like I'm saying, that was me like a year and a half ago, and now I'm an assistant producer, and I just am like, oh shit, yeah. It doesn't even feel that different. So, you kind of, it's like you're saying, there's like a big it, and then when you get to the it, it's already. Normal, <laughs> so you have to kind of take a step back and be like, "Oh, cool, I got to the it."
0: <laughs> someone, something like I like. I saw a quote somewhere. Just uh, Twitter is like my place, Same. but um, <laughs> I say it like I own it. Jack is making all the money; I own nothing. Yeah, I'm Twitter, with but... Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, man. Um, just someone was like, "Like, take a pause and like reflect you on your life. You're literally." where past you you would have wanted to be or wanted to be and I think that's really it's kind of nice to just sometimes take stock or reflect and be like yeah past me was trying to just find a way in and now I found some way in so just kind of enjoy the fact that I have found a way into at least on the path of what I want to be doing.
1: Exactly and you know what think if you're motivated like things happen fast do you know what I mean in six months you could be like I'm like, okay, a year and a half ago, I was wiping poo off the disabled toilet inside a film company, <laughs> <laughs> thinking like that. Oh, I oh, so I'm really doing dirt for my career. Nah.
0: And, uh, well, you look around, you know, you know those times <laughs> you're, in your life, you look around you're like, my parents came here for me to do this. I'm
1: like, is it worth it? Do I really want to film documentaries that
0: much? <laughs> but, that's like not even to be like, oh, I, you, f- you know, you, not even to be like, oh, I'm better than this. But sometimes you just sit and you take, you're just sitting there. You're like, wow. Wow. This is really what I'm doing and right know, now. Is you're like wiping like, down something.
1: It's not I'm better than this. It's just everyone's better than this. Like, I don't even know how poo got on the wall. The person who put the poo on the yeah, wall is better than that. Why did they do? that?
0: <laughs> to be yeah, you know, uh, shame the person who did it in the first place because how in a also in a workplace how do you what state are you in at work? Oh my god, that you it was just a smear.
1: No, it's actually disgusting, but you know it's like that was what some years ago hopefully I never have to do that again (laughs) we
0: pray we pray oh man so uh, like in terms of tv and things in general like just in in enjoyment because obviously right now when we're recording is love island time so you know it's quiet outside everybody's in front of their tv (laughs) um what is that something, is that a genre that you are interested in, in terms of watching? Do you watch Love Island? Um, is that like a show that you avoid?
1: No, I don't, I don't avoid it. Do you know what? I was like, I'm not into it. <laughs> I'm not bothered. And my housework was like, no, we've got to watch it. We've got to watch it. And I watched a few episodes and do you know what? They produce it right because you get absolutely hooked. don't you? But then do you know what the weird thing is? when I went away and I haven't watched it like I just don't care about it at all I'm not like I feel like if it wasn't for Twitter and no way would I be watching it it's shit without Twitter I just need the black people making the jokes that's all I need
0: like, <laughs> Completely agree. because
1: otherwise it's just shit and you Completely know what agree. it really really is shit and I probably won't watch it again if I'm honest but Everyone needs a bit of trash to just take your brains away. But my my reality T V that I love is but Real Housewives. Dust. You can't beat it. Oh,
0: okay, you're a Real Housewives person. What um what city?
1: Atlanta, of course. <laughs> Tell me you've watched it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I've watched episodes in the past but I never got hooked the the only time like I really got into it was I think one time I was at uni and I was just watching a bunch of like clips on YouTube and then I was watching some reunion clips and it was around the time that Phaedra had kind of made up lies about candy oh yeah and it was all kind of like coming out and I remember watching the clips and then also the season I think before that when Portia like Dragged Kenya <laughs> Off of the couch Because Kenya kept fla- Like what was it Waving that fan Or feather in her face Oh yeah Um and like Sometimes I just catch- Yeah In a reunion I just catch <laughs> these clips And because I listen to The Read And like On that podcast They would talk about Like Atlanta A lot I'd be there like This show is a mess And I love it yeah, And oh, I think that's how is. I Like I got hooked On some reality TV shows I just watch clips On YouTube I haven't watched Like whole seasons But like Um Oh uh, like New York like what was it? Um flavor flav, like flavor <sighs> of love. Um yeah. like Tiffany put like the new like New York stuff like that. I just watch clips on YouTube and that's, that's how I like I found them.
1: More than like Love Island because with that I'm just like, you are so messy and it's so genuine. <laughs> Whereas with Love Island I'm like, oh this all feels a bit like forced, a bit produced. But in Atlanta, they're just that's just their lives. They're just that messy. And I actually love it. I, I can't... What's c-
0: happening right now? Because the last thing I saw was the whole drama with Portia stealing missed, um, Fallon's husband.
1: She is. She's really wrong for that. You know what she's like? You know that kind of friend that you have where you're just like, mm, I'm never going to trust you, but you're so fun. I'm going to go <laughs> to the club with you. <laughs> she's literally like that. Like, you just, you can't help but like, love her but she's really wrong for that she fully fully stole what's her name Fallon Fallon's man and they're like married (laughs) no she's actually crazy and she always goes for the ugliest men I don't know why well I do know why because
0: they're rich (laughs) 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 so I have have, I've heard a few theories about that it's like I think one someone was saying that Portia is so beautiful, but she like how old is it? She she's kind of been through a lot, especially with her first husband and the way he treated her. So she feels like ugly men are kind of safe in a way. And then another one was just like, yeah, they're rich. Like they're just, they just turn out it's to be richer. probably
1: a total mix of that. Like I feel like she feels yeah, if she's with someone like because. Yeah, so her first husband was proper controlling.
0: Oh, yeah, was it Cordell? Cordell? Cordell and her yeah. second
1: husband was absolutely fucking clapped, but he cheated on her as well. So I think he cheated on her while she was pregnant, actually. So I think that naturally is going to fuck you up. So I think you're probably right. She just goes to these ugly men because she thinks that they'll like want to stay with her. Whether that's but still <laughs> good it's logical or not. Ugly. One.
0: Was, uh, but but even but the still if the second one wasn't good looking and still cheated. Uh-huh. Oh, um,
1: These I men can cheat. They really can.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what a slogan. Add it to the add it to the list. These <laughs> like can like lie. They can. They, they can, can kill, kill. They
1: can kill. Yeah, they
0: can kill. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can lie, you can steal. Then you can kill. Ah, they can do. it Ooh. What can't they do? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what would you even do in that situation if you were failing and you just rocked up one day because I can't I don't know how I'm guessing she found out like in person but like the rest of the world saw it on social media like Portia was taking a picture with him or something like that what if you one day opened up Instagram and I'm not projecting this onto your um, any relationship <laughs> you might be in at the moment but you just saw that someone who you thought was your friend was just cuddled up with your man and was talking about, like, oh my gosh, we engaged oh my like a God. month or something after you'd broken up. How that, do you even react yeah, to that? Yeah, that is just
1: so brutal because, for one, one thing I think, like, my friend can't go near my man or my ex. I like, guess just not. I would hope I'd never be in a circle where people are even doing that kind of mad stuff. But if I was and I saw her on Instagram, oh, my God, I'm reporting as spam. I'm deleting the app. I'm gone. No, to even delete my Twitter profile. I can't. I would be so ashamed and humiliated. I don't even because, you know, as well. I mean, obviously, I don't have enough followers for people to be wishing badly on me. But if you're, like, Instagram famous, I feel like there are just haters in the woodworks ready to, like, pounce at all times. Like, that girl, Fallon, she must have just got so much hate from it. And people, like, laughing at her. And (laughs) for her, like, heartbreak to become a meme or end up on, like, the Shade Borough. (laughs) It's just (laughs) so shit
0: yeah like you're already hurting you're already literally going through this divorce but then to have people like double down and take clips of when you were (laughs) literally labeled in the show as Porsche's friend or Porsche's best friend and like taking clips of when Porsche and her husband met apparently for the first time or something like that it must like it must just be a lot I mean I know um I saw that she was also like clapping back and saying stuff like um Basically just coming for Portia and, like, trying to be sly about it. Like, yeah, I knew you were about this and we were never really friends or something ooh, like that.
1: <laughs> the thing is that it's kind of just, like, nothing you say, like, nothing you post on Instagram is going to make it better because at the end of the day, like, she just, like, she just took your man. <laughs> and that's, like, the father of your kids. It's just shit. Like, it makes Portia look really, really bad, but there's nothing you can really say Neither of them can say anything to make the situation better. It's just <laughs> it is what it is. But can
0: anyone ever really take your man? Because at the Depends end of the day,
1: his... wait, go on. What do you mean?
0: <laughs> at the end of the day, the man went. Nobody really dragged. No one dragged him along. Oh, no one yeah. came and like picked him up. Yeah, no, he went at the of end of the day. Own... Yeah, yeah,
1: he went of his own accord. <laughs> And she should be like, you can have him. She should never, ever, ever go back to him. But what I was gonna say is, when someone's like, and you've got kids or someone, I think you'll always have a, you'll always have a tie to them. So she's always gonna be in Portia's life, and she's always gonna have somewhat the upper hand over Portia because she, if she ever needs like, like I'll find out when your birthday is, and then when it's your birthday, I'm gonna call you and be like, our kid is sick, you need to come now. <laughs> going to ruin your birthdays your anniversaries so you're just, everything
0: you're gonna have a diary of special dates in somebody else's relationship Literally. just so that you can plan ahead <laughs> how to ruin the i'm gonna dates. be like
1: little jimmy's got a fever i think he's got a fever you need to come now <laughs>
0: No, I aspire to this level of pettiness. <laughs>
1: you know what? i mean? Sometimes actually... I have to rely
0: on Facebook to tell these people's birthdays, <laughs> but you're going to have it in a diary already. Like, yeah, I know today.
1: I'm making jokes, but do you know what? I'm so not that petty. I actually would just block and delete them and never speak to them again. They He would never see me again, apart from on the weekends that he has the kids. Like, I really wouldn't. He's already done you so dirty. There's no point actually trying to get that petty revenge because it's just not going to do anything at all. <laughs> I don't think he seems like a guy that cares as yeah. well. I don't know what his name is.
0: You know, actually, now that you say it, I can't remember his name either. I
1: think he's Nigerian and I think he's rich as fuck. That's cool. He
0: is Nigerian and I was trying to skirt around <laughs> that fact because we don't, yeah. <laughs> we don't, again, we don't. again, Really? <laughs> Just forever shaming. <laughs>
1: I make that joke to my no. boyfriend. Ugh. He's but he's half Nigerian, but so far he seems like a good guy.
0: Uh, <laughs> 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 uh you know what? The heat Nigerian men get, I don't know I don't feel like it's always no, nah, someone might try and come find me for this. But I feel like it's <laughs> always like granted in my experience, and to be honest, I've had limited experience with Nigerian men. I've I don't know my the men have been like from all parts of the continent. Um, okay, I, but the experience <laughs> I have had with Nigerian men, it's like they've been okay but in the end right? it's just like men in general yeah so men in general yeah I like, know
1: it's like yeah what, what so, is the cultural related. part what's the race part and what is it just being men in general
0: yeah and that's the thing I, I don't even know if I have enough experience to like decipher what exactly what, what exactly about it was this person's culture like I've had experience um, with the Ghanaian guy before and um I used to make fun of like his love for eggs and you know <laughs> um his lack of butt because of he didn't have a butt like you know you know how yeah, he's Galei, bum like him and a know he's got him he just have a butt <laughs> <laughs> we <What laughs> didn't have bum like that <laughs> <laughs> and I was like wow you're just really here with no bum <laughs> you just really um, here with no he bum oh, oh, okay that's funny <laughs> so then he could try and fight me but I'd be like oh I have a bum, I have a bum um but yeah he was a okay. I mean he was okay until he wasn't but, uh, but you know, I, I don't know if the the when he wasn't was, like, anything to do with him being Ghanaian or just him being a man.
1: Yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get back to the listeners on that one. <laughs> I've only made- I mean, I
0: can, I can fill them in.
1: Yeah, do you- go on,
0: do you? Oh, no, not now, but, like, <laughs> when I figure it out, I'll fill them in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to let you guys know in, like, six weeks <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. When I fully like deciphered it, you know, journaled about it, I'll come back and let you know.
1: Have you got any workplace crushes? <laughs> I
0: have... I, think <laughs> Riva, his... I feel like <laughs> you, you don't know who works in R- <laughs> Oh, okay, not R because you don't work anymore. Uh, but who works where I work? I don't... <laughs> I don't feel like... I'm I trying to cast my mind like, back. I was only in the...
1: two days a week, but all I can say is there was no one, no one crush that I saw. No. <laughs> not even on the other floor. <laughs> oh, no. no. Did, you come up, did you come up to the other floor? Um. <laughs> and you know what, as well, to be honest, and this is a credit to the company that we worked at, I'm sure we're not naming names, but it's a lot of women. It is a lot of women.
0: I did notice that. Yeah. I did notice that. And that is something I'm actually very happy about Um, because I know like honestly, I know a lot of like, when they say diversity quotas, a lot of places try and push like the fact that they have a lot of women mm-hmm. and often white women is like, oh yeah, we're good on diversity. But it doesn't seem that they seem to be, it doesn't seem like they're doing that. I'm just happy that there are yeah, I, more I women in think this place. Remember?
1: Yeah, I do think it actually seems quite normal. And a lot of the productions they've actually created in the crew and the subject matter is actually really diverse so although the time well, you're still working there we were working there I I wouldn't say it was that I mean that's literally how we met (laughs) when I saw you in the office I was like oh my god (laughs) There's a black person. Black person. <laughs> Literally, text my boyfriend like, "Oh my god, there's a black person in the office." No, <laughs> but I do think, like, I think they seem like a pretty welcoming company, and I think if the opportunity was to crew up for like the right, like the right kind of thing, I think it could be a diverse company compared to some other places that I've worked at. I think it's definitely. Good vibes, I would say, compared.
0: Oh, what other places have you worked at?
1: I am absolutely not going to be dropping any names because I'm not trying to get blacklisted. But... Oh,
0: oh, no, of course not. <laughs> you, you can't tarnish your, your career, your CV My here. I won't even allow My it. I'm to manage
1: your profile. But I think...
0: I would, exactly, I would <laughs> deep out the names anyway, don't worry.
1: But I think that, like, certain genres, like, that, in different genres there's always like more black you know when you get into like entertainment fact ten, there's always way more black people there um and then when you get into special
0: okay perfect um what so you were saying something about how there's a lot of um, black people in f- uh entertainment and fact
1: fact 10 oh yeah Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just saying, I think, like, the different genres that you're in, like, entertainment, fact and there tends to be more black people. And then when you get into specialist factual, which I guess is a little bit more nerdy, we'd say, is a lot of white people. But I don't think that that's because, from the way I see it, I think that often that's seen from those kind of companies is because, like, Not that they'd ever say it out loud, but you know, white people are more academic or they're more focused on that kind of stuff. But actually I think it's just because it's a hostile environment for black people. Like why would you want to work in a specialist factual on a specialist factual production when you're the only black person when you could work in entertainment be surrounded by people that are a lot more like you? I think it's kind of difficult for people that are trying to Yeah, do that side of T V for sure because it can feel like isolating and then it's like well if you don't I don't really want to work in entertainment tv as much as I'd love to be surrounded by people that are like me it's not the kind of stuff that I like making so so far I've pretty much been the only black person <laughs> on pretty much every production I've been on which is mostly shit <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's always tough when you're like the one or one of a few or the only one in the space, especially when it's a work environment and like certain conversations come up as well. And then it's usually falls on you to be like the representative of, you know, the entire race or culture or whatever.
1: A hundred percent. And also, as I mean... I feel like this is obvious from how I look. People like never really think that I'm black, so they're kind of just like. <laughs> I feel like I've had situations where people have said things about black people, and I'm like, mm, you probably don't realise I'm black. You think I'm Indian, so you're just saying kind of bad shit right now. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, See, that is, oh, is
0: wild because on? you know that these. That's
1: another like
0: weird yeah. kind of layer. You know it, these I conversations think. are happening, but it's like when they're happening, I can imagine as someone who's just who potentially like passes for other races as well as black. Sometimes when they're happening right in front of you, you're like, oh, you're like, you just fully, okay, sure. This is, you're, you're really doing this. You're really being out and proud with how you feel.
1: I, You know what as well? It's every For me personally, at least, everything I've heard, nothing has been outrageous. And that's what, for me, in a sense, almost makes it worse because it's not like, so subtle do you know what I mean it's like people saying something about Serena Williams having a tantrum and how she looks angry and it's you know there's nothing like these people definitely don't think they're racist probably would never say anything so overtly racist probably would feel shocked if they heard someone say something racist so they think that they're kind of like super liberal super woke and then you hear them say shit like that and you're just like I'm just trying to do my work I do not have time to unpack to you why what you've said is so fucked up (laughs) it's kind of mad but do you know what I have to say the last few companies I've been at they've actually been really good and I've actually felt really comfortable so I'm happy for that and say that's the same with the company that we were at together I think well I hope I mean I don't know you might have experienced something else being up on all the floors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, just walking Everyone. around, getting a feel for everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me I like to reserve judgment for companies um and like kind of just keep one eye open because I feel like I've had experiences in the past so I've been like, yeah, everything's good here and then I'd notice near the end of my time like, oh yeah, actually no, this uh this wasn't working and things actually weren't okay. So, um yeah,
1: for sure and you know what as well in tv things change all the time because people are coming in people are coming out so you might be on a team that's amazing and lovely someone else could be in the same company and be in a team that's horrible so I guess you definitely have to get yeah I would say lucky <laughs> yeah because you definitely can get Lump doing something being with people that that make you feel down
0: Hmm. I think that was actually my worry a bit um because when I was like I, I was freelance for a little while before coming into the workplace that we met um and I was a little bit worried about coming back into like an office environment because I'd been I'd had experience like in the corporate world before and I was like Okay, I've kind of seen how things can go, how sometimes it feels to be in this space when you're like the only like black person or like one of a few black people and like the drain that just takes on you over time. And again, like I was in the spaces where it would be like not always, it would, I mean, no one ever really comes on and says slurs, but it's always those little things that you notice and you're like, okay, do I have the time to like explain why that isn't right and the energy to like, sit down and have a conversation when you know I really should just be doing my work yeah. and that's what I'm getting paid to do I'm not getting yeah. paid to that for this And not only um
1: yeah exactly and not only the, the energy but also like if you become that person that's consistently calling people out on what they say these people are sensitive and they're gonna take a vendetta against you and that you then you get worried that that can end up hurting your career and in tv it's so much about who you know and getting good references and people need to like you and it's so it's definitely like I definitely find that draining like having to weigh up your battles of when to call stuff out and when to and what to take to heart and all of that kind of stuff because you're also like it's scary to have to be brave and stand up for stuff and, and risk, you know, that person never giving you a good reference or whatever it is, like, it's fucked that we should have to even consider that in our industry. But, unfortunately, like, if you want to get paid, that's kind of what you have to do.
0: I think it's Which just... I would say is the... <laughs> <for> like, many <laughs> black people, like, no, honestly, I, from just for black people in general, like, being in professions. It's, it's often this like weighing up of, um, do I like fight for basically my, my personhood and just, you know, stand up for what is the right thing? Or maybe do I have to just keep quiet here to like protect my paycheck because, you know, I needed to live and survive and, you know, do what I need to do. And it shouldn't have to be that, you have to have constant battles with yourself like every other day about okay is it about protecting my mind and my mental and just me who i am as a person versus i need to get this money um and it's just it shouldn't have to be like a constant weighing up of like weighing up your worth your my paycheck or my humanity like every day and it's just it's it's tiring so I was itch, I was worried yeah, coming itch. into like um, full-time work again because I was working full-time, but like freelancing, you basically, you're on your own, you're seeking things out. And I was like, yeah, I'm really just doing me and I'm writing about stuff I'm genu- mm-hmm. genuinely interested in. But um, I think I'm just like, I kind of came in with like the mindset, like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm going to say what needs to be said. If it needs to be said, <laughs> and then I was like, okay. Just- <laughs> I mean, I'm still <laughs> on that, but I'm also like, Okay, no one's giving me a reason to, to, to like go off yet. But you know, I'm still watching, but no one's giving me a reason yet.
1: Yeah. I think that's the best way to be, right? Like you never fully, fully let your guard down, but I hope you know what I always hope, and I've kind of had this in most jobs, you find at least one person to kind of be your person and you can just like vent to them and stuff. We had that for our brief brief time we worked together. um but yeah yeah. I mean I took a job it was short but yeah I had a job kind of recently where I actually had no (laughs) friends and it was horrible and these people were just like I went on zoom the first day and they were like oh my god your curly hair god you've got curly hair oh that's lovely and I was just like oh I can't believe I don't have a friend to fucking vent about this bullshit. Like it was so isolating and I literally hated it every single day. <laughs> I'd wake up and be like, Oh <laughs> I don't want to log on and it's just having to feel like that is really, really shit. And I don't wish that on anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you get to that point where you're you're dreading even opening your laptop, you're then you know, you know it's time to leave, or you know, this isn't the oh. place for you.
1: A hundred percent, and that was like loads of true crime stuff, and that also just wasn't <laughs> for me. If there's a really good big true crime something on Netflix, I'll watch it. But when you make those little shows for like Discovery ID, and they're just like the. <laughs> bottom barrel serial killers. <laughs> it is so depressing. It's horrible. You're, it's like you're literally just like searching people's pain and just like using their like stories where they've got like PTSD just for like 20 minutes <laughs> of not that great TV.
0: That I do reminds that again. me of a so there's a YouTuber I've started to watch. Um her name is Ada. I think it's Ada on Demand. And she recently actually made a video. She she basically does video essays. She made a video about how um is true crime monetizing pain, and it talks. It's mainly focused on true crime YouTubers because that's also a genre like on YouTube and like um TikTok as well. But um I haven't gotten around to watching it. But I'm, I, from what I've seen, it's basically a discussion on like, is it just like a monetization of like people's pain and trauma just to you know. You're you basically putting it out there, making it like consumable just to get the views and then, you know, make your money. And I was it was interesting because I never really thought about about it. But it um it is interesting to see how true crime kind of became this big wave, like with the podcasting and TV and film these past few years.
1: For sure. And you know what? I like I said, like the kind of big true crime stuff that even I'm actually such a baby, so I get scared. I get, like, nightmares if I listen to them in the night. But with the podcasts and stuff, I would watch them and I'd be so interested because how can you not be interested? You're just, like, looking at these mad stories and you're like, wow, like, I can't believe that happens in real life. And I think this is actually the same with a lot of stuff that you do in TV. Once you're kind of on the other side and you're doing the research and you kind of see, like, there were some stories there was a story where, so this was in 2020, and a wife, a, a wife, her husband, had tried to murder her in 2019. So it had been, like, only a year. <coughs> and the article said she'd had PTSD and everything, and my bosses were like, you need to contact her. Like, you need to contact her. We need to get her to be on this programme. And in that moment, I was just like, whoa, like, I can't believe my boss right now is telling me to contact a woman who almost got murdered a year ago by her husband just so we can put her on a program and make money off it i was just like this is like mm. it's too far <laughs> i think like stories that are old or the victims like want to raise awareness and stuff that's great and if they're on board with telling the story then that's great but a lot of these stories like the victims don't want to be involved they don't consent they just frame the story like all around the kind of killer or the rapist and I actually think it's quite fucked like uh, yeah after doing that job my my mind definitely kind of changed on that topic <laughs> so yeah I think I would agree I think it is basically putting people's pain out there just for money which is quite difficult but I see why people are obsessed with it is it is kind of fascinating
0: I never really got onto the true crime wave. I'm a big like podcast listener and that wasn't something I found myself drawn to. I've i kind of listened to a few things here and there, but um yeah, I think, I, I don't know, something about hearing about murders and um just general, you know, atrocities. I was like, I can't I listen to podcasts for fun and laugh. And I, I, I get beat interested in how things play out, but, Oh no! i did find one recently called the apology line that was kind of interesting yeah. i haven't finished it but basically it's about um this man in new york who sets up a a phone line in i think the 80s so people can call it and commit like any crime so something as small as like lying to their parents to basically something as big as um murdering someone and he got like a range of phone calls for like a year from like everyone could like talking about affairs um, murders, like assaults, all kind of things. And I think I haven't finished it, but basically at some point there's one call in particular, they kind of become obsessed with each other. And the podcast is told from the perspective of um, yeah. the man who set up the apology line, his girlfriend at the time. And yeah, it's really interesting. Uh-huh. It was actually kind of interesting. Oh yeah. my God. I
1: might actually have to give that a listen. See that that's the kind of stuff that, I think there's a way of doing, not that that's exactly true crime, but there's a way of telling those stories, right? That where you kind of, you're not just taking advantage of the victims. Like that sounds so interesting. I'm actually going to put that on my list now. I just have been listening to a podcast called This Is Actually Happening.
0: I don't know if you've heard of it. I feel like the name is familiar. Who hosts it?
1: It's from, do you know what? So it's produced by this person called Wit Whit Misseldean or something but there's not actually a host so every kind of again this is like how I think true crime and stuff should be done every episode is basically just recorded and it's only the person's story who's telling it they're the only voice um but some of the stories are absolutely mad like some of them are just like horrible some of them are funny Some of them are just weird. Some of them about like mad fetishes and stuff. Like It's just really, really good, like really interesting. And it's nice because, like I said, it's the person whose story is like they're completely in control of telling it. Like their words haven't been edited or they're just saying it exactly how they want to say it. It's really, really good. You should definitely listen to it.
0: I'll give it a listen. I think I I, kind of like you, I like the, when you put the power in the person whose stories it is hands. So like when you see it from their perspective, and I think that's what sometimes is missing from a lot of true crime, because obviously they're looking, if it is about the victim, the victim isn't obviously always the one who can tell their story. Um, And then if they're going from the perspective of the person who committed the crime, they're usually in prison and then again they're not fully like getting their story told or you might not really want to hear their story so I do like the idea of like putting the power back in the person whose stories it is hands that that sounds good actually I'll I'll, I'll look I'll look that one up yeah
1: yeah it's good I think it's important because I think in like tv especially as you'll probably like see in this industry like it's mad what editing can do <laughs> I just didn't know that until I worked in this industry that like I just took every factual tv show and even reality shows and stuff I just took it I just thought all right well that's reality or it's documentary so it's got to be true but actually it's like if we spoke now for an hour you can go back and edit it in such a way that makes me seem really lovely or really horrible and it's just mad like when you when you're inside those rooms and people are talking about what shots they need what stories they need they're like doesn't matter if they do this because we'll edit it and make it seem like this and you're just like oh wow (laughs) even factual tv even documentaries are just like everything is not what it seems kind of thing
0: do you know what that reminds me of there is a show um it's it's a drama but basically it's based on a fake reality show it's called unreal and it follows the producers of this reality show and it's basically a fake bachelor they call it everlasting um i've talked about on this podcast before so yeah in a few episodes i think i even cut um a copy of the trailer into one of these episodes once. But basically, um the you follow the producers and you see how they are assigned different contestants because obviously in The Bachelor there are like 20 women who are brought into like a mansion and they're all fighting over this one guy Mm -hmm. so you see how these three producers are assigned different contestants and they basically build their storyline they kind of build beef they choose their winners right from the beginning and it's all constructed and all contrived and I think watching that really put into perspective because I knew in the past that reality TV wasn't obviously reality but watching that show even though it itself was a TV show was a really good way of kind of looking at oh shit so it's really all planned it's nothing it's, yeah it's really they already have a plan in place
1: a hundred percent they do and like <clears throat> you'll have that like in everything you have like people who's fully whose job it is to kind of come up with the stories even though it's supposed to be factual and it's just mad because it's just like I think as well when you watch it either you can't see or you don't want to see that loads of this stuff has been fake I feel like that's even the case with Love Island like people are tweeting stuff mad and, and I obviously I get it it's just entertainment we all just want to like zone our brains out but people are tweeting stuff and it's like oh do you even know what's happened they've probably like pushed for that story to happen like four or five times literally just before this I saw some headline which was like the producers are getting sick of hugo and love island because it he didn't want to kiss that gal and it took them like five attempts to get him to kiss the gal or something (laughs) which is fucking funny but it's just goes to show do you know what i mean like you you things need to be entertaining and sometimes real life isn't entertaining do you know what i mean like really and truly if you're getting to know a boy or something maybe you're not gonna like kiss him the first I don't know. Maybe you will, <laughs> but maybe you won't. Do you know what I mean? And like, real life is not always that entertaining. And for that reason, like the producers are just up in there, really.
0: Yeah, <laughs> try some saw, stuff. I saw. Um, ah, so it was uh, about a, t- a few seasons ago. You remember? Um, Am- no, is it Amber? Um, oh, okay. Do you remember Leanne? That um, it, when they did Winter Love Island that the one time you we went to lana Island. I'm not going to lie. I have not it's seen fine. that. Basically but there was, anyway. one, you know how they always bring on <laughs> one black girl right at the beginning. Um, so she was basically the one black girl right at the beginning oh, cool. and she was paired up with this black boy right at the beginning who um, was Michael. And, um, contrary to what love island likes to believe there are people who are attracted to black women like straight off from the get-go but you know michael also has a bunch of stuff that's happened outside the villa which is a bit weird he felt he had to portray black love and everybody was like nobody forced you but yeah that's another story but um leanne um left the (laughs) villa early ish because even though she was covered up with Michael and he seemed to want to pursue her, she developed the ick. So she basically coined the term. And I really feel like she should get her props. She coined like the term on the show, the ick. Like she's like, I have the ick. I don't like this guy anymore. And um, like the process of that, you see like Michael, after she's basically told him, I'm not really interested in you. You see him kind of approaching her, trying to have conversations with her. And she's like, oh leave me alone man you're so obsessed with me and so people really hounded her for that because like wow she's so big-headed she really feels really highly of herself and she came out of the villa and she went on um, a few podcasts uh, that I listened to and they interviewed her and she talks about how like oh I mean Michael had talked to me before about these situations but you know he kept on coming up to me and I hadn't really slept and I was tired and obviously by that point I was just frustrated. So that I said that, but that's obviously the only clip that we see. She's saying that he's obsessed with her after one conversation. Mm-hmm. And then um Amber, who won like the year before that, I think she talks about how, when sometimes she'd be having conversations on the daybed, the producers would tell her to stop so that they could set up cameras properly so that they can actually hear what she was saying, um, ready for the edits. Um, And even though she would try and continue the conversations, there was her to stop so and again and again until that they were ready so sometimes you'd have some sometimes you'd have conversations being repeated like multiple times until they got the the version that they liked or like the the shots that they liked and yeah no wonder people like feel mad when they're trapped in that house and they have like a lot of people who do kind of decide to leave or go through some or like feel like just It just feels really intense because you're basically locked in the space, cameras on you all the time, and you're having to portray like a love story in the space of six weeks.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, at the end of the day, on my side at least, I'm like, I don't have that much sympathy for you because you definitely knew what you're getting into. But still, once you're in there, yeah, you're kind of trapped in there, and like, you're kind of trying as well you don't want to get bullied when you leave so like you're trying to listen to the producers give the producers what they want you're probably also trying to come off as like either a nice person or an interesting person or whatever it is but like not we're not all nice people all day every day for six weeks so obviously stuff's gonna come out and when it does come out when you're being filmed 24 7 obviously they're going to take that and snap it up for the edits and play up on that and everything. So it's definitely difficult. And yeah, I think as well, that's why I wouldn't want to work in entertainment or reality TV because I think I'd feel fucked <laughs> trying to get that kind of content and like edit it and stuff, having known like what's actually gone
0: on. Is there like a part of your soul? You're like, I can't completely commit to do in reality tv a hundred percent for
1: sure i <laughs> no chance like yeah no way but i reckon i think you'd have like to be on set there you'd have so much fun i think especially something like love island you're just there in spain for what like six weeks yeah probably don't have to work every day
0: yeah
1: i reckon it'd be all right but i think you work you work credit to people that work in reality tv they work hard they work super super hard
0: mm.
1: long yeah. days compared yeah. to other stuff super long days
0: yeah i mean you're literally portraying like lives and you're meant to be doing it in real time so the time that it takes into making that i can imagine is a lot uh but wait, if he, would you ever go on Love Island? For sure. Would you ever? Would you ever be a contestant? Oh my god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, girl, let me tell you, I don't have the body for Love Island. Uh, I mean, Let's <laughs> go like another version of, 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 of Love Island where me, everyone's a little there's no one
0: Bigger than the size <laughs> maybe eight on that show. Apart from you know that one like, where they have like a plus yeah, size exactly model. True. But, yeah. Maybe none of
1: us have the bodies for yeah. Love Island. <laughs> but. No. Do you know what? I think I'm made to be behind the camera. <laughs> I don't think as well, like, what you've got to say all the little phrases and all that kind of stuff. I just couldn't. I don't think I'd be able to take it seriously. Yeah. But for the money. Well, I mean, for a little, a
0: little boohoo K, deal. A little boohoo deal. <laughs> a little, um, like, one minute. I saw a
1: study that said. Um, people that have been on love island they are more in their career than you would do from graduating from oxford or cambridge which is nuts actually it's yeah.
0: not nuts at all and that's why you get people it's going totally
1: to be expected
0: but it's and fun. that's why you get people going on the show yeah. because you know and i think it's gotten to that point where people are like they're so aware of the opportunities that come from being on it it's not even about the love anymore um, which to be fair, I've only watched it for, for sure. I think I only tuned in like two years ago And I was like, okay, cool um, Because everybody was obsessed with it on Twitter Again, it's the power of Twitter Black Twitter specifically Because I was like Everyone the is t- tweeting about Black this Twitter. I want to jump Just on cause the wave," really And then I got sucked feel- in
1: Yeah, for sure I think that's why like Ultimately I can't get into it that much I don't I don't know yeah maybe it's just because I know that it's all fake but do you know what like we said everyone needs a bit of trash to zone their brain out to like people if you're not watching Love Island you're watching some other form of trash like everyone's got it you can't always be watching highbrow documentaries and drama the whole time need a little bit of
0: trash sometimes you need a little bit of Love is Blind or Too Hot to Handle or, or what? I oh, don't know. I have not watched any of those things. Oh, you know. I recommend I uh, try Love Blind. I tried actually, w- I, I actually enjoy that one.
1: But I feel like, again, if you're going to watch it, you need to watch it when the hype of it is. Because when people are tweeting about it, because now if I watch it, I'm just going to be like, oh. Get-
0: this is choose shit. a day <laughs> when you know you you just need something on in the background and then you can put it on. To be honest, I have a, a list of those. Like, you could do that with a few Netflix shows. There's one. I don't know if you've heard of this film called 365 Days. That one has subtitles though, so you might need to pay attention. But basically the premise is this it's (laughs) oh my
1: god wait (laughs) is it the sex thing Oh my god I watched this with my best friend. Oh my god I I need to watch that again like
0: that you need a drinking game for that film because the number of times he goes baby girl I'm like (laughs) no stop it There were so many. You know, when you're watching
1: something and you're just like, somebody needs to make another film annotating this film. Because I can't believe what's going on. Like, is it when he, like, he, to be romantic, he, like, kidnaps (laughs) her and takes her to some other country or something? Yeah, I mean, you don't know. That's that's how
0: we do romance now. (laughs) You, You didn't know? I don't know what your boyfriend <laughs> is doing, personally, I've been, <laughs> this has happened to me several yeah, times. Yeah, my boyfriend used to abduct me. <laughs> he used to step up. <laughs> What's he doing?
1: What an amazing film. What a piece of cinematic genius. Really.
0: Did you know uh, that my that friend that I, that I watched that was, she recommended sex,
1: sex
0: Life? Oh, sorry. Say that again. Shut up.
1: Wait, three hundred sixty-six days.
0: Apparently, it's the no. <gasps> I will.
1: I hope they show that in the cinema <laughs> because I need to go. I need to be
0: surround sound. No, I can't do surround. Sounds. I need to see
1: them having sex in the cinema, again.
0: watching these white male sex, <laughs> and just be like, "In when I went to watch Queen and Slim, I was literally like, going to be like
1: one of those freaky cinemas.' Yeah.
0: Oh no, I'm good." Nah, not by myself. I mean, all for like <laughs> enjoying yourself in public, but I don't I feel like I i like to it to at least be clean, like I'd like to know, you know, be properly sanitized if I'm gonna do it in public in a cinema. I don't wanna come like yeah, right after the be... viewing that happened right before me and just sit in something and be like just the, the last guy who like came on the seat. <laughs> no, <Nah>, I'm good.
1: <laughs> you like don't you might, get pregnant from the see? person that
0: that's, That's how that happen, and it will be some immaculate <laughs> conception. And the guy I'm with won't believe me because he's like, "We didn't even have sex." I'm like, "Well, I don't know. It was at cinema." <laughs>
1: he's gonna <be> like, <laughs> I
0: was yeah, in a freaky cinema. Just, it, it traveled. <laughs> do you remember when people used to say that you could get pregnant from sitting on a toilet seat or something like that? Or you? Was it get comedy? I can't remember. <laughs> ah, the I life I definitely they told do remember us. that.
1: Oh my God, we've been taught so many lies. So many lies.
0: But yeah, 366 <laughs> I wonder days. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm going to enjoy that one. In my house.
1: <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones you have to watch it with someone because it's so mad. You can't watch it alone. You need like a, another point of reference. Someone to be sitting there to just check especially as someone to check you as well in case you start enjoying (laughs) it because there were points where i actually got into the story and i was like oh my god is she gonna end up with him and then i was like wait you need to check yourself this is potentially the worst film you've ever watched in your life stop getting so invested
0: (laughs) you're saying you need someone to shame you and while you're watching it to remind you of what you're watching
1: Yes, I need to be shamed at all times When I'm <laughs> watching something shit So I can remember who I am For sure Sometimes I even get embarrassed if I watch something bad alone
0: <laughs> What? <laughs> See, I? It, it is alright to watch trash TV I mean, this whole episode We've talked about how We have to watch a real trash TV Sometimes you, that's your version of trash TV I watched sixty five Days alone And I was actually sitting there the whole time like What the fuck am I watching <laughs> and then I told people about it, and they were like, "What the fuck did you make me watch?" And it was a beautiful circle of you know making people watch this weird film about kidnapping and Stockholm syndrome and love. I guess.
1: <laughs> well I love recommending people ridiculous films. So I will recommend you to watch Old.
0: I keep seeing the trailer for that. Now. I like. I'm like, okay, I think I well, know how <laughs> this is gonna go. And I'm aware it's an M Night Shyamalan movie. And to be honest, I have not seen enough of this man's movies to cut him out. But I know, like the cultural, like, what's one I was thinking of, like just the, just how we generally <laughs> refer to his films is like obvious. But I'll give this a go. Okay, I'll give it a go.
1: <laughs> Listen, uh, no, I want you to watch it, but I actually don't want you to spend 11 pounds to go and watch it because you'll be pissed off with me. So just wait. Or get the DVD in a nail shop.
0: You didn't know, just, just say the nail
1: shop. <laughs> You're here advocating for piracy. <laughs> I'm old. I'm like, did people do that uh,
0: still? So? <laughs> <laughs> piracy? As a member of the <laughs> My film. My dad TV used to come home. Google. I'm not going to lie. Ever <laughs> since I've gotten, outside <laughs> yeah. working, I feel like every time I talk, I'm, I'm about to say something about illegal streaming, I'm like, or oh, pay for the link.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: like, oh, am I the person destroying our industry? Like... <laughs> but it's better now that we can stream them, because my dad used to bring back like d- DVDs and they'd be like filmed in the back of the cinema, and just as you're about to get into it, like some you guy stands
0: up to go the to camera. the toilet, and you're like, yeah, oh, no,
1: <laughs> move your fat head out of I the way. Have watched so many... At least many... this illegal streaming is a little bit more up. Exactly,
0: exactly. At least But they it- make it HD. quite difficult for
1: you to be honest.
0: At least I can see and I don't <laughs> hear the cops in the background. Illegal
1: in HD. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, it's fine. I <laughs> used to be, I used to try and be a bit better about illegal streaming and like pay for um, everything I watch. But then I realized that some of these um, directors, I actually don't want to support. So the ones I don't want to actively support, I, tr- I watch their stuff. And then I'm like, also, sometimes we don't have the streaming rights yeah, to some yeah. stuff in this country. So I'm going to, you know. Stream what I want to stream. And I'm sorry, I know it's bad.
1: Sometimes you gotta do what you go. You go <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, I feel like if you've got all the streaming platforms, you probably can find something to watch. Actually that's a lie. Sometimes I still oh, have to see, buy.
0: we we're God. like we're spoiled so much.
1: But it's only, yeah, again, only if it's something I really, really want to watch. We are
0: spoiled watch. to the point that we have to it. And I'm not going to watch
1: films by myself.
0: Yeah. Okay. Actually, we.
1: I know, we do actually we have, too have much so choice
0: much in choice. In.
1: None of it's good. I,
0: I <laughs> none of it's good. <laughs> um, all right. What have you watched? What's the best thing you've watched? Oh, today? okay. Okay. <laughs> So, um, I'm really into the DC animated universe. So I watch like a lot of the like, um, Batman animated films, um, justice league animated films. And recently, um, they came out with Batman, the long Halloween part one and part two. So I just watched those. And what's really interesting is that Both parts have different drawing styles, the same voice actors, but like the art is done differently and it's really cool. Um, I definitely recommend it basically follows like Batman, um, Jim Gordon and Harvey Dent as they try to solve the crime of who, um, holiday is and holiday is basically a killer that is killing people on like holidays around the year. So like Valentine's day, father's day, mother's day, all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um right. and what else? Um, I was watching... Oh, I watched a show on Netflix which I actually really recommend. It's called Centaur World. So, yeah, it's basically... It's, it's animated, again. But um, I don't know if you've seen any animated shows like Steven Universe or anything like that. Basically, it's a show where the animation is made for kids, but there's actually kind of like some dark underlying themes in it so there's kind of like alluding to trauma and things like that and like um, depression yeah yeah but this one's like it's definitely kid focused or young person focused you could like watch it and just kind of switch off but if you pay attention you might hear like a character singing about a song about being depressed or like being a kleptomaniac and you're like oh okay okay cool so I really enjoyed that, and that's Ooh. on Netflix right now too. <laughs> I really feel like I'm running a Netflix recommended podcast, and um, Netflix, please pay me because uh, yeah,
1: you are. You ten. should go on. Um, the channel ten, ten, Netflix out of ten would recommend. I TV love that one. Someone else
0: I Yeah. Ah, please. yeah. They just get they you season on. You've heard it here first. <laughs> Rivers endorsing me. Okay. <laughs> I Back am. to you Manifested, though, please, baby. give us um, some recommendations. Give the listeners some recommendations of things they should watch.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I just breathed so heavy into that mic. Wow, I'm not used to podcasts. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> um, recommendations. Okay. I just watched something on BBC called Time. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's amazing. It's like a three-part drama Um three-part drama about this guy who's an alcoholic and um, ran someone over while he was drink driving and it's basically about his time in prison and it kind of just like shines like I don't know in different stories different kind of things of people that are in prison it's really really good and it's got Stephen Graham if you know Stephen Graham you'd know him if you saw him Mm. he's the scouse guy he's he's like He's actually not mixed race. He's actually like a quarter black or something. But when you look in your face, when you look in his face, you can tell. But an amazing documentary I just watched on channel four called Taken, hunting the sex traffickers. And that's amazing. And that is felt, that's produced by, Oh, I don't want to say her name wrong. So I'm not going to say it, but she is the one who produced defending Digga D And it's sick. It's filmed over three years in like England, Brazil and Spain. And it's just telling the story of these Brazilian women that have been trafficked to the UK and forced to do sex work. And it is just so brutal and it really, really hurts your heart. But it was just amazing because it really, I don't know, I feel like when you hear sex trafficking, you don't really... You don't really think? I don't know. I don't think you equate it with happening in in the UK, do you? Well, I know at least I didn't really before.
0: Mm, I do. Like I think I've seen so many really? stories about people who get brought over here that I've like I'm fully like aware. Like it's literally among us.
1: I kind. I always. But I kind of always imagined it as like. Kind of separate incidents, or well, I don't know how to explain, but when you watch this, you kind of see like these guys they look so normal and they're just like career criminals just flying to Brazil every couple of months, picking up these new women, and these women, like one said that she'd been work for two months with no breaks, two whole months, not one single day off. she worked every single day, and it's just like just like it's just really, really horrible, but it was really good because I like again like kind of like what we're saying when you have those documentaries where they take three years to film it. It's so satisfying because you just see like the beginning, the middle, the end. You see how much time they got sentenced to. You kind of see it as like a nice conclusion. You find out what happened to the women. Like it's just so satisfying. It doesn't feel rushed. I feel like loads of documentaries and TV this these days feels rushed because people are under pressure to you know get it out there and get it broadcast but that was really 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 amazing and the last one that i watched that was amazing is sound of metal okay that have you watched it
0: no i haven't
1: you have to watch it it's with it's with riz ahmed oh it's about a drummer who goes deaf.
0: oh i think that's all the trailer for that
1: it is amazing like it's so like it's kind of like an immersive film so like when he starts going deaf the music in the film starts going more quiet and muffled and it's so like the amount of stress you feel it literally just reminds you being in like an able body like you just take so much stuff for granted like that film literally gave me anxiety but it was amazing (laughs) those are my tv and film recommendations I don't think I've watched anything else good
0: for a while. I love it. I'm going to put those in the episode description. But, um, Reva, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. Yes. It's been great.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my Honestly, first podcast. So I'm I, like, I you, think I just You did so well. Long um, long
0: I hope you had a good time. I feel like you, you know, it's always just good to chat to you. Like I've only seen you maybe three times in person before
1: this yeah anyone that's listening you should know we've only <laughs> met three times in person but <laughs> so we think we're work best friends <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we have projects coming
0: we're gonna talk, actually need to talk to you about that one um Good. but yeah plug yourself plug your socials plug anything you want people to watch or listen to that you know you've done recently let the people know what you've been up to
1: do you know what my Instagram I keep it private not because I think I'm too (laughs) cool for people to look at but I don't really plug the stuff that I've worked and do you know what everything I've worked on has not come out yet (laughs) so I'm going to have to come back on this podcast Fair. in like six months and then plug Fair. everything Is over there anything
0: that you can tell <laughs> us is coming, coming up world. or is it all still like it's not yeah. even been... Yeah,
1: the, I've got The World According to Jeff Goldblum, that's coming out in oh, Disney Plus really okay, soon. Okay, I'm just going
0: to let you talk because I feel like I'm going to say that about everything.
1: yeah The World According to Jeff Goldblum that's coming out soon so if anyone or you can get a free Disney Plus subscription and watch it it and then cancel it I don't care because I already paid (laughs) 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 Re-plug and unplug (laughs) and then uh, at the end of this year uh, DNA Family Secrets on BBC2 that's something I'm quite proud of that'll be coming out and then I've got this project which is under NDA, so I cannot say any more. <laughs> she,
0: she can't speak about it. Otherwise, she'll be sued. So If I speak, I'm in big trouble. A big trouble. She's in <laughs> big, big trouble. So she can't big say nada. neither. So just keep <laughs> your ears and eyes open until <laughs> Riva lets you know what's really going on. Because she's really doing the things. She's really doing the doing things. I love it for... Uh, i really uh, doing the drinks. So uh, yes. You know what? Uh, thank you for well, coming on. I'm so excited me. about the stuff that you've got coming out. And it was honestly great to see your face again after so long.
1: Uh. Yes. Well, we'll definitely yeah keep
0: in um, touch. And for all of you listening, please go and watch all the things that Rivas recommended, um, even the stuff that I've recommended. And I probably should have said this last episode, but yeah, I'm kind of gonna. I'm doing every two weeks now. I'm really realized that I just left you guys for like two weeks, and you probably were like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I'm doing every two weeks. Um, so yes, this is becoming a bi monthly show you know, things opening up life, things become a bit busy. And hopefully I'll come back to you once every week. But you know, I have got to take care of myself. But thank you for listening to this week's episode. And I will see you in two weeks. You know where to follow the podcast at From Home Pod on Instagram, hashtag From Home Pod on Twitter, if you want to join in the conversation. And I'll see you then. Bye.